Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to Spin the Rally, but the only podcast for the discerning rally fan out there. My name is Colin Clark and joining me today on this post-rally Sweden spin is David Evans. David. Hello, Colin. Hello. I was going to say good evening, good morning. I didn't quite know what to say there. Well, just hello. Just hello. That'll do nicely. That'll do nicely. Yeah. Uh, just to set the scene for you all back home. Uh, we're Lisa-less. We are Lisa-less. We are Lisa-less, <laughs> George-less, Luke-less. We're, we're, we're everyone-less. It's just me and David. Uh, and actually... Uh, the lovely Elliot, our cameraman, sitting in the back, but he's going to sit in the back quietly, hopefully. We're in the car. We're in the car heading back down to Stockholm from Umeå. It's a very long way. It is a very, very long way, nearly 700 kilometres. We've just had a little pit stop. We've had a cup of coffee. I had a calzone. David had, what did you have? A cheese and ham toasty. Cheese and ham toasty. We're slightly, all f- slightly overly cheesed, but it was a good thing. Well, mine, mine was okay, actually. Uh, so we're all fueled up, we're ready to go, and we thought we would give you guys um, our thoughts on what was, I'd have to say, one of the most eventful and entertaining rallies that I've been to in a very, very long time. Um, David, it, you know, it, it started off um, with a lot of speculation, a lot of conjecture as to, you know, who might be there or thereabouts, would road position play a major part in it? All of those things came to play this weekend. They did. I thought you were going to talk about our conditions, Colin. No, I'm letting you talk about them, David. I was just setting you up nicely. No, I mean, I thought that was where the conjecture came in. Well, there was conjecture about conditions, about Uh, form, about road position, about the power of the car. We talked a lot. There were so so many unknowns, weren't there? Mm. You know, a dry Monty gives you gives you a good indication of where where everybody is but you come to an event like this with just so many variables um, and it, ordinarily you would say that about Monte Carlo of course there are plenty of variables there but this one uh, it was great it was firstly the conditions were absolutely tip top oh, yeah. uh, it was perfect winter rally weather uh, super cold at times uh, and it just yeah it, it ticked every box you know I think the trouble is we get into that mindset. You know, we were in Monty, um, talking to people, and immediately people were saying, "Have you seen the weather for Sweden? Have you seen the weather? It's going to be warm. There's no snow." And you're kind of back thinking in that Karlstad and and Torsby kind of mentality. Twenty twenty mentality, where there was no snow. Yeah, of like, oh my goodness, what does that mean? You know, we're going to be absolutely down to a a gravel rally. It'll be just like Wales Rally GB. It it'll be a nightmare. Um, for, for a winter event, you come here, and there is just snow galore. I, do you no. know what? I don't, I don't think I've seen as much snow as there certainly was at the side of the roads yeah. in, in a long, long time. A long, long time. There was mountains of it. Our, our friend at the, the garage on day one, which mm. feels like about two weeks ago, was saying, you know, they they can get snow in October. Certainly, mm. November is normal, Absolutely. and it'll stay from you know possibly April, early even May. Mm. Snow is what they do. 
It's why they've moved the event um, this far north. Does raise the question, however, when you you know you look back to the classics, places like sort of Sardar Sargon, these kind of yeah, all of these incredible, incredible Fredericksburg stages, brilliant places. I'm not sure we're going to get those kind of iconic stages from 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 this. Name me one stage. Name me one stage. Bradby, well done, well done. Bradby, because that that was the 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 crazy gnarly one from Friday, which was. Awful, but in, for so we remember that for a bad reason. But I'm not sure. But it's a trade-off, isn't it? And and you know we've got the conditions. We've got some hotel extraordinarily expensive, like mental expensive uh, hotels, and that has to stop. You know that really annoys me. Finland do it, Sweden do it. Events just hike their prices. It's not on. It's David, not acceptable. You know, I, this is something that I've banged on about for 20 years. You know, when we were doing rally radio, budgets were yeah. mega tight. Yeah. You know, and we, we just couldn't afford As they are dirt as, as, and Yeah, it's, but it's every, everyone's looking at the budget. So the FIA, um, you know, they, they look at budgets, they look at spend, they look at the cost of rallying, and they, they do their best to bring the cost down, and, and I get that. Um, but for me, there's a simple solution to bring costs down massively. You know, yeah, if you, because we know that there's supply and demand in terms of rallies that want to come into the championship. So you go to the regions and you say, yeah, you know, we're going to bring the rally to you. It's going to cost you X amount. And you have to provide us with 300 rooms at no more than 100 euros a room. And oh, the regions then the have to go rate. around. At the going rate, yeah, absolutely. You know, because nothing but bugs you more. That it's glorious what, hotel in yeah. the middle of the service park in Finland. Oh. We, this, last year we did it. We, we, we spent... I don't know, 80 euros a night for oh, Monday, Tuesday, great. and then probably not Wednesday. Wednesday, it went up to something like 300, and then by Friday or Saturday, it was about 600 euros a night. It's just, it's what they call in certain parts, though, all rotting. It is, it yes. is really, it is just absolute... Or daylight robbery. Daylight robbery, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, anyway, but, that's not what we're here to talk sorry, about. Sorry, we've kind of but gone but off on a bit of a that's, that's the only thing. Not the only thing. There are one or two issues. If we're talking so the, then... the, the slightly ropey stages, which aren't going to become classics. Yeah. Yeah. So, but just for people's, we actually stayed in a house. We Airbnb yeah, 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 yeah. this one. Absolutely uh, nice house. Lived somebody else's life for like a week. Staying. Yeah, slightly, I like staying slightly in odd. Um, you know, if we're talking about before we go and talk on talk about what was a fantastic rally, um, let's talk about one or two of the concerns that were expressed after the recce, David, because you were talking about the stages and and you know it was an issue that was raised after the rally last year. There just wasn't enough character in the stages yeah. that they chose last year. And they said, yeah. okay, we're gonna put that right this year. We're gonna find a few more roads that are a little more technical, have a little more character. Well, they didn't, you know. Well, they gone. can't, they, you know, because if those roads were there, they were, you know, they are very intelligent people. That lovely chap that, that died sadly just before the event, he was the, the one that, you know, he has massive experience of looking for roads. Um, and, and sadly, this is the trade-off. The roads aren't here. Right. You know, if they were here, they would use them. Um, and there's not, from what I can understand, we were talking to Lassie Lampy about this. Um, Lassie Lampy is, of course, the he's a great Finnish rally driver that became a legendary test driver for Audi and Mitsubishi and now works a lot with Skoda. But literally lived and breathed and still does this rallying in this part of the world. Uh, and he'd never done an event up here. You know, right. it's not a really, really well-known area you know if you want rallying in sweden you go to karlstad torsby hagfors around there that's the yeah. hotbed isn't it um, yeah what well, is it is and, 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 and what have you got are. there you've got you've got hills verging on mountains and then you get twisty roads you know technical yeah. roads around yeah. here 
you know, there's not a lot of altitude. There aren't a lot of, of hills and certainly not any mountains. And, and I guess that's perhaps why we have these slightly uh, boring roads. And, and boring is, is kind of how one or two of the drivers described it. They said, look, it's, for us, it's no fun. You just get up to fifth gear, you keep your foot planted and away you go at 200 kilometers an hour. Yeah. Okay, so that, that's, that's the criticism. Um, that's out the way. Let's talk about what we witnessed over the weekend because it was so entertaining. From the first yeah. the first day, the first morning, the opening stage, Brack Bay. Yeah. It wasn't the opening stage, the opening stage on Friday morning. Uh, Brack Bay. It, it just all kicked off from there, didn't it? It did. But, yeah. you know, the, the storylines were there because... Craig Breen was coming back, yeah. you know, after that dreadful year that he had with M Sport last year. He had a point to prove. M Sport had a point to prove against Craig Breen with their Puma and with with Oitanic. They wanted to show Oit that look at what this car can do. Yeah. Um, and you know the, yeah, there was just something everywhere. And across all of that, there was Calais Rovenpera trying to win from the front. There was all sorts going on, uh, and it was it was great. It was. A super entertaining event. It really was. And let's start then at the top with, with our winner. You mentioned there, you know, that, that very, very intriguing dynamic between Craig Breen and Oitanak, Hyundai and M Sport, you know. You couldn't make that up, could you, you? you? You absolutely could not. It was just the most incredible story. He'd had his, his seat, he'd had his seat. Yeah. And there they go. Disgruntled drivers both yeah. in the teams yeah. that they were in, swapping teams, and oh, actually. I can drive this car, and I can drive this car. And there's half a second between them halfway through the rally. More than halfway through the rally, two-thirds yeah. of the way through the rally. Um, an incredible story, and, and you know the outcome was fantastic for both of them. For both of them, for Craig Breen and for Roy Tannock. It was. It, you know? Ultimately, I, I don't think Craig could, could live with, with Roy's pace. Uh, but Oit's got, you know, there's much more experience for, for Tanak. He's he's a former well, world champion. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you there. You know, don't forget that the, as you say, you know, halfway through Saturday afternoon, after the long stage, 0.5 of a second between them, Breen didn't have any hybrid. And then we had these yeah, issues. No, that's true. We had Very these issues point. with the, the exploding, the puncture stroke, delaminating stroke, exploding tyres. No, 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 there were no explosions, just to be clear. Well, there was a bang. There's a bang, there's a delamination, and there was a puncture. <laughs> Does that cover it? Yeah. Does that cover it? Don't use the word explosion. I'm not. Okay, okay. Um, apologies, Mr. Pirelli. Um, but there were certainly problems with the tyres. And, yeah. and, and, and again, you couldn't have written that, you know. Breen has the delamination, yeah. and you think, oh my God, has he lost it? And then Tanak does the same thing. next stage. You know, just quite astonishing. But, but you know, like Tanak... Um, we saw, I, I think, his greatest drive last year in Finland. It, it was just, just to watch it was just incredible to to understand the level of risk that he was prepared to go to. He absolutely threw that car into every corner. It was on the limit everywhere. And he won that rally. Yeah. He came here and it was actually, it was as good a drive, if not better, but completely different in terms of character. It was utterly controlled. He controlled it, he looked after the car, he got the maximum out of it, but there weren't any big moments. There weren't, well, there were, there always are, uh, but not, not any huge obvious moments, no massive dramas. Tanak was on top of it all weekend. But there weren't any huge moments in 
Finland. Oh, I don't know. oh my goodness me! When you watch some of those onboards and saw some of those pictures, it was it was very clear. That yeah, but he was... I, I think you know the point that the obviously the point that the Oi made when he said, um, "I didn't win any stages here." He won the rally, and he actually did win. He won, I think he won stage it. seven. I was going to say it was stage on um, Friday, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, so, so he did win one. But the point I think he's making there is that yes, Malcolm Wilson said it. Oi Tanak won this rally. Yeah. For them. Yeah. And As he, he did made for the difference. Iron Die in Finland. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I think Oi's yeah. making the point. There's a there was a bigger difference this yeah. time. Okay. Because he didn't win the stages. You mm. know, at least in in Finland he was winning stages. So therefore, he had a car that performed. Yeah. To, to, to the level that could allow him to win stages and he's not you know he's been very very upfront about where the Puma is right now it needs work uh, you know it needs uh, talk to Chris Williams it, it, they need to have he's certainly not a root and branch rethink but there's some fairly fundamental work that they need to do into that car Yeah. so for, for Oit to get in a car that he doesn't feel comfortable with and it's it's kind of opposed to the philosophy that he wants from a car to get in it and do what he did was exceptional. It and, really but was. You, you're absolutely right, Cole, that he did it in a way wow. that he forced that car into speed and into positions that it hadn't been in before, yeah. uh, certainly on, on that rally. You know, we shouldn't forget that Sebastian Loeb won Monte Carlo with it last year. Yeah. Um, but And he did it without a single mistake, uh, and he did it, you know, almost making it look easy. Uh, but I think... He, You've referenced throughout the weekend the the mood and the demeanour of Oiktanak, and <clears throat> I think when he is on one and he's absolutely pushing and he's drawing everything from within himself to put these times together, that the first thing to go is is there's, the pleasantries. There's no energy for <laughs> anything else. Nothing. There's no energy. Nothing. There is no. There's no room left Nothing. in his in his. Your, his vision and his peripheral no. vision or anything for anything no. so other we, than, than what he's thinking about and concentrating on which is how to get the best out of that car how to just go as fast as he absolutely dares yeah, I agree and and we saw him on on Friday Friday afternoon uh, I can't remember where we were, we were between stages they come out the refuel out the refuel yeah uh, and he'd stopped and he's doing what a lot of the drivers do Just he was reading through the first page second page of pace notes to remind himself of what was coming in the next stage. And they'd got time, they'd got a couple of minutes, um, and I wandered over to him as usual and was about to exchange pleasantries. And he basically said, bugger off. Yeah, go away. Just go away. Yeah, Yeah, go away. This is not the time and not the place. Remember he did that to me once, he shouted at me from across the other side of the road. (laughs) That was different. It was a slightly different. (laughs) And and, you know, that's, Oi is, you know, he's, he can be an incredibly truculent character, but you know we've known each other a long time, and for him to kind of take that attitude, you could take it very personally and think, oh, you know, I'm just very jolly rude of you, but actually it's not. You know, he is in the zone doing what he does, and you have to excuse that because it's the way he is. No, you have to accept it. I don't know if you have to excuse it. Oh, you you have to accept it. I think, I think, um, I think. No, I think, I think it's different. You have to accept that that's how Oit Tanak is. Um, I think a lot of the the questioning came from the fact that he was right up there, he was leading the rally, and there there weren't an awful lot of positives being shared. And and all right, maybe we're just maybe I, I don't know what it is. What are we expecting? Uh, maybe expecting something too much. Maybe we've just got used to drivers who are leading rallies being effusively um, 
uh, you know, in favour of their cars and talking about their cars. But we didn't get an awful lot of positives out of it. But that doesn't matter. That, that as you say, no. you, we love characters. We love people who, who do things their own way. And, and, and Tanak does things his own way. And clearly, clearly that is working for him. He leaves here, David, with 41 points. He leaves here leading the championship for the first time since when? Since, uh, I would say since. Uh, I don't know the, the answer, end, by the no, way. No, the end of it. It's got to be the end of 2019. The end of Toyota year. He certainly yeah. never led the championship with Hyundai, did he? Nope. And he, you know, uh, yeah, he was. And he, so when he was 2020, 21 and 22, Monte Carlo. Forget <laughs> was, it. Forget it. Yeah. yeah. So, my goodness me. I mean, for, for me, it is just, you know, Malcolm Wilson, towards the end of last year, clearly there was there was quite a lot of frustration with really what the drivers were delivering from him. It wasn't just Craig Green. It was clearly Formo and, 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 and the other, and Gus Greensmith as well, to some degree, a lesser degree perhaps. Uh, there was frustration and there was a lot of talk about they really need someone who can deliver results. And it was, you know, well... Where is the car now? They get someone in who is a proven winner, who is a champion, and yeah. in the second rally, he wins it. The first one was 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 a real battling performance to to take the points from the power stage, to take the points for fourth place. Um, but on the second event, he propels himself into the lead of the championship. Big vindication of Malcolm Wilson's policy and Malcolm Wilson's determination to 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 put Oitanak in that car. Nobody. There is nobody in the in the service park that knows Oiktanak like Malcolm Wilson. Malcolm was it was Marco Martin back in the day in whenever it was 2010, 11, 12. I can't remember. Marco essentially persuaded Malcolm to give him a shot. Malcolm took one look at him, saw the speed. You know, you could all we could all see the speed from when he was in the Pirelli Star driver car. I think that was 09. Malcolm worked with him for a decade. You know, and, and there were massive highs. In fact, in the early days, there weren't the massive highs, yeah. but there were certainly the really deep lows uh, when he, he, he sacked yeah. him twice, sacked him got twice. rid of him. Yeah. Got rid yeah. of him. Uh, and, and when he came back, you look at them through that 2017 season when Tanak won in Sardinia and then he won in Germany, and, and he was a changed character then. Um, and that for me was when the, the the real kind of foundations of their friendship and that's what it is now you know it's a really strong friendship Tanak talks about being being you know the stepson that Malcolm doesn't have yeah that's how close they are and how strong that bond is mm. Malcolm knows how to get the best out of him mm. more than anybody does yeah. uh, and, and that's why Malcolm put again put so much on the line to bring that guy into his team. Absolutely, and he knew he was getting, David. He knew what he was getting in terms of the driver and the driver's yep. capability. And he knew what he was getting in yep. terms of headaches. Because I'm telling you, what you mentioned earlier oh, on, Tanak is, is pushing that team. And my goodness me, I saw him after shakedown, sat in a very intense meeting with, with Rich Milner, with Malcolm Wilson. I think it may have been Chris Williams. The four of them sat in the corner of the M Sport Hospitality. For, I was trying to get an interview with Malcolm and I went back after an hour, they were still there. Mm. I went back after half an hour, they were still there. It was really the most intense meeting and, and he is demanding so much from that team because, you know, because they've, they've said to him, we want you to do a job. And he said, yeah, I'll do the job for you, but you have to work with me. And, you know, this is what I want. This is what you're going to give me. And, you know, and it'll get there, it'll get there. And as you say, it won't happen overnight because really, you know what? What it wants will require 
homologation changes, won't it? You it, know, to, it to the will, guard. and it will so. also bring a massive strain to that team as yeah. well. You know, yeah. you've, you've had Craig Breen there last year, Greensmith. You know, Loeb on a very, very yeah. different agenda and program. Nobody has taken that team to the very edge and no. pushed them no. as hard as, as you look back in the beginning. It was Carlos Sainz. It was Colin McRae. They simply wouldn't stand for anything other than the mm. absolute best. Mm. And when you've got to the best, you go back and you go harder and you go further and you test for longer. Yeah. That's what that's what they yeah. do, and that yeah. is what Tanek will do. And yeah. they are. It's the team's evolved as we've talked about through COVID. They've got more younger guys in. They've you know they've lost some old experienced hands. It's going to be really interesting to see how we've seen Tanek go through Toyota. Hyundai and he has put backs up in teams yeah. he's probably you know he's, he's he's probably made people leave the team you know he is an abrasive mm. difficult person to deal with mm. um, but for all the right reasons because yeah. he wants the best he gives everything he's got and if you're coming to that team and giving 90% forget it, forget it. he's yeah. got no time for you and yeah. you've got no place in that team yeah. and he's quite happy to make that known and that it has made waves. We know it has in, in, in Toyota and Hyundai. If that, you know, that will happen at M Sport. Um, but you know, right now, you, these guys are at the top of the roller coaster. There will be the downside of that. They've got to be able to manage that and then essentially bring it back up on the other side because it's going to be a hell of a ride this year. But there's a pot of gold waiting at the end of it. Absolutely. So it's quite interesting. I'm just thinking back to something I wrote after Monte Carlo, and it was. You know, I can't remember. It may have been my driver. I just can't remember what it was. Um, but it was talking about Tanak and Tanak's championship chances this year. You know what? Basically, the point I was making was that he has to get through Monte Carlo, which he did with a really, really strong result in terms of points, through Sweden, through Mexico. And then when we get onto the gravel of, Sardin of Portugal and then Sardinia, that is when we might expect to see... You know, obviously, we've got... Um, Croatia in between Croatia, those yep. uh, but then when we got onto the gravel you know, we might expect to see him uh, pushing hard winning rallies and as long as he can keep himself in the fight in the fight somewhere there or thereabouts then he's got a real chance this year well he's done way more than that already after two rallies I, you know it's incredible I don't think anyone expected it talking to Malcolm I, I said to him you know in the back of your mind when you got that signature on a bit of paper what did you think he said well you know we 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 kind of thought straight away, you know, he'd get in the car, he'd be comfortable, and he could win. Um, but quite clearly after Monte Carlo, there was a job list, uh, and it grew and grew and grew. Um, and and it, the job list is still pretty big. Malcolm said after that, you know, you kind of reappraise, and he said, I know that I said in, in Monte, yeah, we go to Sweden with a chance, because everybody goes to Sweden with a chance, but he said, I didn't really think. Um, and, and that's why Malcolm says, you know, his view is that that um, that Oit Tanak won this one for us. Yeah, no, great um, result, great effort from Oit Tanak. And, uh, yeah. you know, as I say, I think it sets the season up brilliantly. It really does. Um, let's talk about Craig Breen. Yeah. You know, Craig Breen was in a very, very, very dark place yeah. after Japan last year. Um, yeah. You know, we kind of guessed... After lots of rallies last well, no, year. No, particularly after Japan. In yeah. particular after Japan, you know, it was these his last event with M Sport and, and that was kind of signposted. We kind of guessed it was his last event with M Sport. We kind of hoped he might be able to give them something after such a torrid year and all he gave him was, was more headaches. Um, it clearly affected him. 
He clearly affected him mentally. I think it affected him. Maybe it didn't affect his confidence. Maybe it didn't affect his his self belief. I don't know. I don't know whether it did or it didn't. To be totally honest with you, uh, but you know, he went back to a formula that he knows works: a part-time drive with Hyundai. You know, driving the Portuguese Championship in a, a Rally Two car. Okay, it's a Rally Two car, but it's seat time. He knows he's going to have a busy year, and he's come back here and delivered the performance, not a result that's better than we've ever seen, because we have seen him take second place. Can't remember where it was. May have been here. Was it here or was it? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, whatever it was, Estonia maybe. Yeah, um, Finland maybe. But it's a, for me, it's a performance better than we have ever seen from Craig Breen, because Craig Breen he has got, always capitalised on his road position on day one, and then he's clung on to the podiums. This was absolutely competing with the top boys on a level playing field, and it was a delight to watch because Breen is a character. Some people don't like the fact that he, he's an emotional guy. He's, he's not scared to show his emotions. I love it. You know, I absolutely love the fact that we see that enormous smile. He cracks those ridiculous jokes that I don't think very many people can understand because when he gets excited, it's difficult to understand his accent at times. Uh, you know, and, and he shows his emotions. And my goodness me, you know, we didn't see it last year. It was good to see that this weekend. Of course it was. It's it's what everybody wants to see. I think the the the, the balance of everything. You know, Craig. There were plenty of headaches all round at M Sport last year. It wasn't just Craig with no, a no. headache. Uh, you know, the the whole team really suffered. And that, for me, that kind of comes back to the fact that Craig was in a different place. And I'm sure there was an element of of Craig and and team Craig Breen that when they listened to what Tanak was saying about the car they would feel vindicated and say right you know we said that yep Craig you you did say that but you didn't say it with Oik Tanak's accent and with Oik Tanak's forcefulness and you didn't go on and, and win rallies with well, a no, car no, not before that anyway Cole, right. but you know you didn't say it uh, as, a, as a former world champion yeah and actually yeah. when you stand up and say no I, you know we need to turn left here not right yeah. uh, you need that absolute conviction that Tanak's got and I yeah. don't think Craig has that conviction yet, uh, yeah. not to say it won't come, um, but I think you, you, when you've won a world championship and you've won a lot of WRC rounds, mm. it brings that faith and that absolute ability to, to, to mm. back yourself. Um, and that that was difficult for, for Craig with M Sport last year. You're absolutely right. What he's done here, that Saturday morning, first two stages Saturday morning, just sensational and that would have filled him with confidence all over again that yes I you know that I have no doubt Craig went into Christmas last year thinking am I worth it am I am I worth my place in the in the championship he's that kind of guy you know I think he does second guess himself at times that what he's done here it has absolutely shown that he is worth a place in the in the championship. Absolutely. Is he is he is he a lead driver? No, I don't think he is. I, but I think he can be a very 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 solid number two driver. Number two who can deliver a, wins potentially. Hundred percent. I think you he know? can win. Could he be world champion? I think it's so difficult, isn't it? Because you really think difficult. you know if that first season with M Sport had gone well, if he'd just got a few more results, if the car had come to him a little bit more, what could he have done this year if he'd had the sort of level of comfort? But equally, you get the level of comfort in the car, yes, but is it the pressure that Craig struggles to, to, to deal with? Um, we talked about this earlier, didn't we? That, you know, he came here last year, 
and he was third in the championship, further off on the road. <coughs> excuse me, with a weight of expectation on him, mm. um, and and maybe that's what causes the problems. I, yeah, I think I think possibly it was, and, and yeah, it was a combination of things, as you say. But yeah, I, I think I think the number one driver. It's it's. I'm trying to think back. Your number one driver who's yet to win a rally in a team. You, I know when Terry Neville joined Hyundai, he hadn't won a rally, had he? Um, but it, you know, it's a lot of lot of pressure, lot of expectation. <laughs> it but, is. But you know, I, I I didn't expect him to do as well Sorry as he did this weekend. Right. Um, but George Donaldson on last week's spin made a very very good point. He always does. And, George. No, he, he really does, and he said, look, you know, because when we look. At that Hyundai Rally One car, and we look at the drivers who were driving it last year. You know, Neville was the only one who mastered it. You know, okay, Tanak won in it, but Tanak never felt enormously comfortable in it. Um, I, I think the comfort came towards in the sort of second half of the year. That it, it definitely improved, but, didn't it? But it definitely improved. But you know, there's no question the car was designed around a design philosophy that suited Thierry Neville's driving style. Yeah. Now, you know, the last. Hyundai World Rally car, the 2017 version of the, the World Rally car, it was exactly the same, built to Thierry Neuville's design philosophy. And Craig Breen could master that car. Yeah. So George said, well, he mastered that. If the same design philosophy has gone into the new car... He'll master it. Well, clearly he'll master it. Yeah. And, and I have to say, this time last <laughs> week when we were doing spin, I thought, yeah, maybe fourth or fifth would be a really good result for Craig. Mm. And George was the one saying, no, he'll get a podium. And I have to say, I did pick David. Oit Tanak is the winner this week. Did if you, you remember? And I do remember that you were you were a little sceptical of my picks. But so I'm 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 a little reluctant to reveal my one, two, three, but well, I'm gonna say it anyway, because you just have to go back to last week's to see it or to hear it. I did pick Tanak as the winner, but I did then say we'd have two Toyotas in the top three, and we haven't got any Toyotas <laughs> in the top uh, three. So that was a, a long way from being uh, correct. But but yeah, Craig Breen, you know. He's, 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 he said to Hyundai, you know, it was a gamble, and there is no question it was a gamble for Hyundai. You've got the, the solid, dependent, match fit, if you like, Mickelson, rally winner, multiple rally winner Mickelson, sitting on the sidelines waiting for the contract, yeah. and they go with Breen. It was a gamble. It, it was an it, enormous gamble. But equally, you, get, you know, Mickelson had much less, radically less, recent experience of. Absolutely. A, as a team, and B, a Rally One car. Yeah, yeah, but but our understanding is he was in. He was, he was in. in. Yeah, no, absolutely. He was in, and, and, you know, and someone, and I don't know who it was, was ballsy enough to say, no, hang on a minute, hang on, Breen has got more potential than perhaps Mickelson. When Breen's, um, you know, Breen's value at that point was, was as low as it's been probably ever, you know, after yeah. last season, and... Fair play to whoever that was. But I think the, you know, Mickelson's, Mickelson's deal was also slightly potentially scuppered by Esapeka Lappi's arrival oh, yeah, as well. Yeah, there, 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 there was a whole combination whole things, of factors. Yeah. But still, whoever took that decision at Hyundai, yeah. and you too have been vindicated, whoever you might be, we don't know. You might be someone who works there still, you might not be, I don't know. Uh, but Craig Green, well done indeed. Terry Neuville, you know, two Hyundais in the top three. They, they are looking like at this time of the year, a strong force in terms of the manufacturers this year. Terry Neuville, it was always going to be difficult for him. Second on the road, a disrupted build-up to the event. Remember, he missed 
a day's yeah. testing, which they couldn't reschedule because of illness. He was still ill. There's no question about that. He, he certainly hadn't completely recovered. Certainly and, Thursday, Friday, he was doing a lot of coughing. He was More doing an awful lot did, of coughing, and his voice sounded very, very hoarse indeed. Um, Neville was really very, very good this weekend, and he was superb on Saturday afternoon with those stages he won. And to be honest with you, he was superb on that penultimate stage where he took that chunk of time yeah. out of Robin Perra, who, who was chasing him down. Uh, I think a lot of positives for Neville from the weekend. A huge amount. It, it, was, a, it was a strong start in Monty, uh, and he's really built on that here. Uh, in an event where you wouldn't necessarily favour him. So, no, great start. Let's talk a little bit, David, about the power stage. You know, our friend Andrea Adamo uh, was the master of strategy and tactical application of strategy. Um, you know, we, we could see it coming. You know, when, when Neuville got himself in that penultimate stage, that buffer between him and Cali Rovin, I was like, oh, there's an opportunity here perhaps to swap Craig Breen and to area Neuville around. They did that with a 10-second time penalty. Breen checked yeah. in late. And that Ten was the seconds, right thing to do. The right thing to do. Uh, but the margins were so tight, so tight. Breen couldn't afford, I think it was six seconds he had, yeah. six, seven seconds he had on Cali Rovenpera. That ain't a lot in a 10-and-a-half-kilometre stage. He it's, could not but lift off. The, the, the point is, Colin, it wasn't just a 10-and-a-half, ten it wasn't a six-mile stage. It was a six-mile power stage. Power stage, absolutely. Where you just know that Calais is going to be all guns blazing, absolutely going for it. What did or, he win the power stage by here a couple of years ago? Oh, About five seconds or a something. Huge, a it? huge a margin. Number. A yeah. huge margin. But I think on an ordinary stage, Craig, you could... I'm sure these drivers are, are good enough. They can drive to within yeah. a second. They could drive within that margin reasonably comfortably on that length of a stage but you can't do it on a power no, stage no you know Craig Breen was put in an impossible position there um, and I think there's no there's no blame for anyone I think no, I think Hyundai did absolutely not the right thing Hyundai yep. gave Thierry Neuville a chance yeah. of second place and you know Neuville needed to drive the perfect stage himself and he didn't he had a bit of a scruffy stage yeah. hit the bank a couple of times lost lost a handful of seconds there but, you know, but you he remember, did the right thing he did and you know Thierry has the ability to deliver these most mad, incredible... You remember in Sardinia, when he was, it was him and Ogier in 17 or 18, I can't remember, on, coming down onto the beach in Sardinia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and, the, um... and uh, Thierry almost put it up on two wheels at a hairpin, and it was scrappy, but it was just breathtaking to watch. It was yeah. absolutely pinned. Um, and he can do that, mm -hmm. but this time it just went slightly wrong. And Thierry was great, you know. There was no blame attached anywhere. You no. know, he certainly wasn't going to have an issue with with Craig taking second. No. Craig had done the right thing. He, to he towed the party line, um, and sadly, it just it, yeah. like you say, there was no fault, and it wouldn't have been any different if Andrea had been there. No, no. He, no. You know, you can only play within those parameters that you've given. That's what they did, yeah. uh, and it was a human element that let them down. And, and where they would have look, looked enormously stupid is if Breen had backed off so much that and the Robin Pair sneaked past yeah, him. Exactly. You know, so no, no, I, I think, um, what, what, okay, not quite the result that Hyundai wanted, but it really does show their intent for the rest of the year. We're two rallies in, and they're already prepared uh, to play these uh, tactical strategic games to give 
to give Neuville the best chance possible because do you know what that, that shows an enormous amount of respect to Cali Rovenpera it says oh, to yeah. beat Rovenpera yeah, we've got we to play do the every, game. everything yeah. we possibly can we cannot give a single point away we have won it's part of the issue they had last year and for the past three years you know we have one driver who is absolutely the focus of all our efforts in the yeah. drivers championship and we will do everything whether it's you know Craig Breen whether it's Esapek Alapi whether it's Danny Sordo we yeah. will do everything we'll we possibly can all of them yep to to but allow to allow <laughs> Newville the chance to to put right you know I was going to say to put right five or six wrongs he's been second five or six times but to 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 get him over the line this year I'm um, not sure how how much of a of a sacrificial lamb Esopeka Lappi is going to be willing to to play there? I think he was another superb, absolutely brilliant performance here. Yeah. And you talk about the strength of Hyundai. You know, it's not inconceivable that they could add a one, two, three. Yeah, if, if Lappi had not had his issue with it, with the the delamination. Let's get that right. His delamination, not puncture. Not explosion, um, definitely not explosion. not explosion. There was an explosion there, and then the delamination, though. <laughs> there was so. another explosion in the service part when, yeah, moving uh, anyway, on. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it, there's no doubt they had the speed to be right up there. Yeah. Um, and, and that will give Cyril Abitable absolute heart to, to know that the car is where it needs to be. Let's not get carried away. Yeah. It's where it needs to be on one rally that is very, very specific. And yeah. this was the point that if you go to Toyota and listen to them, they'll make that point that it's one event. You know, yeah. we are not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater here. We're very relaxed with the car we've got across the spread of a season. It'll be there or thereabouts. Right, no question. No question. Um, your, your point about Lappy not towing the line, that's a really interesting one. Uh, and it'll be interesting the first opportunity we get to see that tested, I, I, you know, I don't uh, see that they can t they can t tell Lappy to, to switch. You know, if Lappy had been in Breen's position, they wouldn't have done that. They couldn't do that. You know, they've got two drivers on a full time program. They have to give both of those drivers the maximum opportunity, um, at least for the first half of the year, because you know what happens if if Thierry has a cracking run for the first two or three rallies, three or four rallies. And they yeah, start yeah, saying yeah. to EP, ah, could you just pull over? And then Thierry, it all falls apart in the middle of the season, and EP has a strong one. Yeah. And you've given No, those... I agree with that as well. Yeah, that's an interesting one. That's an interesting one. And it depends on how... And he hasn't signed for that, EP. You know, he has not. And uh, unless... Hey, we well, know it's that happened there is... before, David. It's it happened has before. happened before. And we do know that there is, there is a, a, a good, strong, existing relationship could we say between Thierry and, and Cyril Abitable there I think uh, Thierry's manager knows this is a lot of conjecture and hearsay and stuff but from what I understand I haven't spoken to Thierry's manager about it but it was um, they were kind of part uh, of, of the process of bringing Cyril Abitable in a, an incredibly capable um, motorsport boss and we have to give the fact that he hasn't been in WRC it can be a, a, as much a plus as it is a, a minus and only time will tell we've just got to give the guy the benefit of the doubt um, for now in terms of the experience mm. but no you know you, you, I'm not sure there's no way no I'm not sure he, I'm not sure you speak to Danny Sordo and ask him about his days as number two to Loba Citroen and, and yeah. no I'm not sure I, I do kind of agree with you because you know, but, but Lappy is not uh, 
you know, an up-and-coming Ogier, say Ogier, when he joined Loeb, etc. And Lappy is not, you know, an Ogier in 2000 and whenever that no, was. No, he's not. 10-11. Yeah, you know, no, he's not. But so, he is a driver that's capable of winning rallies. Yeah. And if you're capable of winning rallies, you're capable of putting a championship okay. Well, let's wait together. and see, shall we? I, yeah. I, I think when the opportunity comes up, you might be surprised, David. <laughs> we will see. We will see. I, in, in many ways, I would be happy to be surprised because yeah. that would be one heck of a story. I just think to... it would be an absolute clear. Oops. Can we see out this? So if you, if you, if you, uh, if you were Cyril Abitable, would yeah. you do that straight 100%. away? Yeah. Really, you would. You would have all my eggs in one. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Really? Yep. This I, early in the season. Absolutely. Yeah, so you I, would have swapped Lappy and. and and, and if, Thierry. If, if, if Lappi had been in Breen's position, I absolutely would have. Oh you know, goodness. I absolutely would have. I think, I think you know, if, if they have got, they have to win championships. Let's, let's, there's let's no question. Do, let's do no one question. of those uh, polls. Let's get the boys. We'll do a poll on a social media poll. Twitter poll. A Twitter poll. Yeah. We'll, we'll organise that early, early in the week. We'll yeah. get that sorted. Would you have, have changed them around if, if that was Lappi? Yeah. I'd be really interested in that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I, I think they would have, and I think they should. I think, I think it's uh, so important that they win a championship. So, this a two-parter: a should they or would they? Yeah. Yeah, would they and should they? Would they and should they? I oh, will find out. We'll wait and see. Yeah. Um, we haven't really talked much about Cali Rovenpera. You know, Rovenpera was stymied by the conditions on Friday. Knocked him back. Then there were, you know, he wasn't so comfortable on the second pass as you rightly pointed out. There are no issues with that car. You know, it just didn't there are suit. There a set of issues with the car. Yeah, and it just didn't yeah. suit. Uh, Robin Perez set up for the second pass. Didn't allow him the opportunity. We thought this morning, final morning, after that great run through the opening stage, he reduced the gap to Neville to 1.1 seconds, and we thought, game on. Yeah, Neville then hits back on the second pass yeah. and just runs away from him. But that, um, again, that's my point, though. You know, it, they were set up issues with, with Calais' yeah. car. We are not going to experience these set of issues again in Mexico or anywhere else because no, it's a specific rally. Um, so deal with it, move on. I do believe he would have overcome that. The pay, we discussed this earlier in the review. If you haven't watched the review, go back and watch it. It's all on YouTube. Uh, I, I think he would have overcome them because I think that the the power of being right at the front and fighting like hell gives you that extra bit of edge. Fighting like that fighter plane oh, on the side of the motorway. Look at that. What is that, a Eurofighter? It's not crossing the road. It was up on a plinth, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, above the, the side Maybe of the motorway. Maybe we're going past the Swedish Air Force. I think we must be. I yeah. don't think it's just there for just, just no. decoration. Um, yeah, so, so Cali Rovenpera, you know, in some ways, it's not a position he would want to be in drivers. And we saw this with Ogier. Uh, remember that time that we went from, what was it, GB to Australia for the last round of the season? And there was a lot of talk about road position in Australia. It was, a, it was a close battle, you know, and it was going to come down to the final round. Would Ogier, you know, play the road position card, drop points so that he started second in Australia? And he looked at me when I asked him, you know, with that look saying, are you seriously asking me this? Yeah. You never, ever give points away, ever. You never give points away. A bird in the hand the, is worth two, two in, the in the bush, Colin. Exactly that. And, you know, um, Robin Perra would have would have wanted more points here. But the bonus is that he is not first on the road 
in Mexico, and we know how. Why have you turned the heat up, David? You turned because it. the screen was so you, you terribly. Turned, was it? You couldn't okay. actually see where can we were going. I could barely see the Eurofighter through the screen. Turn true. your own bit down. I'm trying and turn to. Vents over there. To, I don't know now at least we can see where we're going. Take you might be hot and sweaty, but at least we can see. You've turned it up. Oh, That's got really hot sugar, now. Sugar. No, we don't. Technical oh. things confuse me. Uh, so yeah, so Callan Robin Perra can can look forward to being right in the mix when we get to Mexico in a month or so it's time yeah. uh, let's go down the classes anyone else in rally one you want to mention David briefly uh, before we move on because time is getting on we Elvin go ahead tell me what you made of it it was another tricky event it was one where Elvin is the kind of driver that if it works on Friday it's going to work on Saturday and Sunday the pace will build We've seen it. Oh, let's, you know, it's actually quite boring to talk about it. He is a rally-winning driver. He's won here before with ultimate pace. Uh, you don't forget that. You don't lose that. He's still got it. I firmly believe we will see him winning rallies this season. I'm just very, you know, you hear Elvin saying, you know, that oh, I'm just not feeling comfortable. The confidence isn't there, and your heart sinks because we heard that so, so consistently times. through yeah. last year. And yeah. yet, a blip, Japan and Monty, he could have won them both. Yeah, they were very, very different rallies to the vast majority of the of the events that make up the calendar. Mm. What we need to see is is an Elvin that has absolute confidence in that car on medium and fast and high speed, really high speed gravel rallies. Mm -hmm. uh, if we get that, he can win. Absolutely, um, and and the team is working extremely hard behind the scenes, just as Elvin is to, to tweak his own driving style to bring it to the car. They bring the car to him. It, you, you know, you don't you don't forget. And Colin, you made this point earlier. You know, pretty miserable event for him. Not what he wanted. Where is he in the championship? Uh, he's fourth, but he's not that far off. You know, no, he's he's, he's, he's a few points behind Nouvelle, yeah. which, which is which yeah. is astonishing. And again, we talked about the need. You know, when things aren't going your way, the need to be consistent, to, to get those fourth, fifth down. places, to yeah. score well in the power stage, put them down, keep yourself in the hunt. Yeah. Um, and it's and he's great. done that. He's done that. He's done you know, that. that was the one thing he could do and, here, and he's done it. And it can turn around just like that for Elvin. It really can. Yeah. You know, in some ways, he'll look at Greg Breen's performance. And it's Greg, Breen, Greg Breen, as we've already said, depths of despair after Japan to a yeah. potential rally winner. And two rallies later, one rally later for him. It, it is. We go to Mexico, so Elvin oh. could have a you know a reasonable place on the road. Yeah, so really win, good place. He potentially wins Mexico, then goes to Croatia, where he was on fire, wasn't he, against Ogier, uh two years, years ago? ago. He wore last corner. It was yeah. cost him. So yeah. you know, a, and a bit of mixed mixed conditions on tarmac. Yeah. That's right up Elvin's yeah. street. Yeah, he can bounce back. That's for sure. Yep. Let's move on to WRC2. Again, we're kind of running out of time, so we can't probably give these boys the time that they deserve. Uh, you know, we saw clearly young Oliver Solberg doing a, a fantastic job in Monte Carlo. He wasn't registered for points in Monte Carlo. Uh, won a whole load of stages after a puncture early on. Yeah. And, you know, and we saw him performing in the race of champions. Did a great job there. Um, and beat in the same machinery some very, very well-regarded drivers, drivers considered to be uh, his senior. Uh, he's come here with a little bit of pressure on his shoulder. I, no, pressure's not the word, expectation yeah. uh, was there and everyone expected him to win. He did win, uh, but, but you disagreed with me when we talked about this earlier on. 
it wasn't a dominant win. It was a battling win, and I liked that. I liked the fact that he had to show a little bit of metal at times. Some of the stages didn't quite suit him, um, and, and he, he battled away. He battled away the first rally in these conditions, in that car. Uh, he won by a fair margin at the end of the day, and I thought it was a really fine performance from young Solberg. I, I, I think I would only take exception with, with the battle there. I think he drove with his head, and when it, when it wasn't working for him, he just throttled back. So yeah, ultimately it was a strategic battle. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't yeah. think any the word battle would in, would infer that he was absolutely on the ragged edge with the car at times. I don't think he was. I, no, no, I'd, I'd agree with you. He probably wasn't on the ragged edge, but he was not comfortable no, in the he tight, wasn't. twisted, no. rutted stuff, was he? No, but that's where. But, he, sorry, but the head, back. the head got. Yeah. He, you know? he took his time. He yeah. didn't try and win those stages. He didn't try and win the rally on every corner. He, did, he drove an incredibly mature event, and that's yeah. perhaps two years ago we might not have seen that. No. We would probably, probably would possibly have seen Oliver off mm -hmm. quite early in, in that first stage on Friday morning. This time, no, I know what I've got to do. I know what I've got when it comes to the quick stuff. Take third, fourth, fifth, fastest, whatever. Get to where he knows the car's going to work for him, and he blows the doors off every... And not eight doesn't blow the doors off every... But I think he had the capacity to do that because... He wasn't at a hundred percent. No, absolutely. Um, no, it was a really good win from Oliver yeah. Solberg. The perfect start to his WRC two campaign. And remarkably, we heard someone saying this, I and mean, you and I looked at each other and went, "Really? His first win in yeah. WRC two? His yeah. first win? Remarkably." As he said, he'd won lots in WRC three. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah, and he's his obviously first win. Uh, yeah. Talking about WRC three, how would you say this boy's name? Rup. Rup Corhonen, what a lovely lad. David and I met him last year at the Race of Nations in Mexico. Uh, Finnish lad, really good friends with Cali Rovenpera. In fact, he co-drove Cali Rovenpera in... Rally Legends. Rally Legends, absolutely. Uh, he won WRC3, great performance there. Uh, and we'll wrap up by talking about the Junior Championship because you know, we talked about the drama, the excitement, the competition of Rally 1. You know, Will Crichton with his win in the juniors. He, you know, he was dominating at one point and then lost his huge lead and had to fight back again, David. And what did he win by? He won by six tenths of a second. Quite remarkable. Quite a, a remarkable great, fight. A, a fantastic drive from him, though. I mean, he built up such a big advantage. A minute, wasn't it? A minute at it one was point. Certainly 40 odd seconds. Yeah. It was getting yeah. on for a minute. It was tremendous. Yeah. And, and, you know, the guy deserves absolutely all of the. Yeah. The plaudits for, for what he's done, you know, to bounce back and keep your head, having lost all of that time, gone 18, 17, 18 seconds down, yeah. uh, and come back through a real stormer of a Sunday. Yeah, uh, we, we saw him, didn't we, just the stage after he'd lost all that time, or it was yeah. maybe a stage in a bit, and, and I said to him, my goodness me, you are remarkably calm, yeah. considering you've just lost, you know, uh, such a huge margin, and he was yeah. calm, and he calmly knew he had enough kilometers left he knew he, most importantly he knew he had the pace yeah uh, to make that time up so yeah well done indeed to will Crichton. a great start to his season uh, david a final thought from you on rally sweden oh another wrc round that you're actually sad that it's finished yeah uh, you know these when these battles are, are, are raging and you're just watching it ebb and flow uh it, they are sensational we are absolutely privileged to work in the best sport in the world and this weekend it absolutely showed itself in in the finest way for me the perfect one you needed you know two jumpers not just the one 
loved it. Absolutely loved it, Carl. It was yeah. a brilliant place. My first time in Umia, busy last Umeo. year. Umio, sorry, doing the deal with EWRC. We <laughs> haven't mentioned EWRC-results.com enough in this podcast. Go there, have a look. at. You can dissect all of the results again. Do not stress people about the subscription. You, there is still plenty of free material in there to go and watch. You should subscribe. It's not a lot of money, and the amount of data that you get uh, is outrageous. Absolutely. It's nuts. Um, but but there is a heap of stuff. Go and go and reread the rally in numbers on EWRC-results.com. Yeah. Um, but no, I love Sweden. Big fan of the snow. Big fan of winter rallies. So this was a winner for me. Yeah, there's loads to conjugate and cogitate over yep. on EWRC. Uh, fantastic resource, as David said. Folks, it has been a wonderful rally, Sweden. One of the most entertaining rallies in years. Uh, we will very much look forward to coming back to Umeå next year. Next up, though, is Rally Mexico. When were we last there with the WRC, David? We were last... Ooh, oh, I remember. 2020. Yeah, 2020. It was we, 2020. We beat a fairly hasty retreat as COVID... COVID engulfed the, yeah, the, the, the world, world, didn't it? Yeah, good uh, Folks, don't forget, yet yeah, two or three weeks until Rally Mexico, but next week, should, uh, every week. Just before we go, we should mention Brandon Seminuk winning the first round of uh, Green APU American Rally Association. Well done to Brandon Seminuk. Yeah. Uh, fine start to, to his championship defence. Yeah, really, Subaru Motorsport USA. Yeah, really. And a big really hello to UG. Yeah. I think, I've got to say as well, one thing I discovered today, and we're quite fortunate because we haven't talked too much technical stuff, but Tom Fowler, technical director at Toyota, told me that he listens when he's on a very long journey and he wants to stay awake, which kind of surprised me a little bit. But Tom, good evening, good morning, hello, wherever you are. Apologies if we've offended you in any way. I don't think we have. Why would we? No, I don't, Tom I don't doesn't think we take offence. No, and uh, thank you for all the time you gave us through through Sweden. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, big hands. He's, hands to the Thank you for all the lunch. I, I have to say something about Tom Fowler. Yeah. You, you know that you Crikey know that I'm. Coming. You know, I, I'm a sponge when it comes to. I genuinely am when it comes to rally information. The sponge isn't quite <coughs> so absorbent when it comes to technical rally information. But every yeah. single time I have the. A privilege of having a talk or, or even just listening in to a talk with Tom Fowler, I come away knowing more. Knowing more. It's not that's, hard though. That's, it's well, not, it's, not, it's not hard knowing the, the base level. The low. base level that it starts from is not hard. But, but my point is, yeah, with a lot of technical people, they switch off it. after a minute or two. Tom yeah. has the ability when he talks technical to pitch his talk at the audience he's talking he's to. And I, I love it. I love just having the opportunity Genuinely, to. Genuinely, what you remember. When we had back in 2012, when the volcano did its thing and the dust cloud, and we came back from Istanbul on the bus, uh, and there was Tom Fowler and Tim Jackson, Tom Tim, and Tim. And, Tim and Tom, Tom and Tom Tim. And Tim, they were part of the absolute entertainment. Les Kolchak as well, the, oh. the Ford's old photographer, just brilliant. And you know, they made four or five days on a bus. Well, they made it go by. And that's another podcast, David. Yeah, it really no, it is. is, folks. It thank is. you very much for joining us on this episode of Spin the Rally Pod. We'll see you all next week.